pastor mentioned you're a computer at NASA. Yes. What's that entail? <sighs> we calculate the mathematics necessary to enable launch and landing for the space program. <laughs> Pretty heady stuff. Yes, it is. They let women handle that sort of... That's not what I mean. What do you mean? <laughs> I'm just surprised it's something so taxing. Mm -hmm. Mr. Johnson, if I were you, I'd quit talking right now. I mean no disrespect. I will have you know I was the first Negro female student at West Virginia University Graduate School. On any given day, I analyze the barometer levels for air displacement, friction, and velocity, and compute over 10,000 calculations by cosine, square root, and lately analytic geometry by hand. There are 20 bright, highly capable Negro women in the West Computing Group, and we're proud to be doing our part for the country. So yes, they let women do some things at NASA, Mr. Johnson, and it's not because we wear skirts. It's because we wear glasses. Have a good day. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Red Stream Movie Podcast, the podcast where everything is connected. I'm your host, Jacob Thompson, and joining me is my friend and the person least likely to do analytical geometry, Alex Perkins. Perk, how are you doing tonight? I feel like I'm certainly not the least likely to do analytical geometry. Perk, we went to high school together. We we both know you're bad at math. All right, let's let's, let's try to hide it. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> Starting state math team. Yeah. Sure. God, shout out to Apple Valley High School math team. <laughs> uh, welcome back to the Red Stream We Podcast, everyone. As always, you can find our show on Friday mornings on podcast services. This is the podcast where every week Perk and I review a movie that is connected to the previous one. Uh, last week we reviewed Moon Moonlight. And our connection to this movie uh, was Janelle Monet, even though we had a few options, actually, uh, from Moonlight. But uh, Janelle Monet was our connection to Hidden Figures, which was the movie we reviewed this week. Uh, if you like our show, tell your friends, and stay tuned till the end of the episode where we'll reveal we're watching next week. But, Perk, why don't you introduce this movie for us? Yeah, all right. Uh, Hidden Figures is a 2016 joint directed by Theodore Melfi. Um, and it was nominated for three Academy Awards. A couple of fun facts about it. It's obviously a true story, um, which is cool. And some like little tidbits. Uh, in, in real life, John Glenn actually did ask for Catherine to, to review the, the math. Mm -hmm. um, that, that actually happened. Uh, talk a little bit more about that later. Um, and then also... Uh, Taraji P. Ensign, who plays Catherine, the main character, got to meet her real-life counterpart, uh, who was, I think, 98 when the movie came out, mm. um, which is really cool, just to, like, actually get to see the person who you're going to play and kind of look at their mannerisms and stuff like that as a, a form of study. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, well, let's get to a perk. Neither of us have seen this movie. I will go to you first. What did you think about it? Um, I think it's a, a good movie. Good, good thumbs up. Good. It's, it's, it's a good one. <laughs> yeah. I completely agree with you, actually. I'm, I'm very, the rest of it was like, yeah, good movie. But I think yes. it's, it's missing something. Um, I think 
So it's good movie, good acting. Mm-hmm. Um, I think uh, Taraji P. Henson is great, and I think every other actor in this movie is good. Mm-hmm. But that's because there's not really all that much for the actors to do. Uh, it's pretty pretty conservative from a character standpoint. Mm-hmm. I think the casting's really good. Um, I think especially uh, the guy who plays John Glenn, Glenn Powell, just like looks like an astronaut. Like you know, like he just has the look. Yeah, um, I think Kevin Costner um, was good casting for like the lead guy, and then the three main leads. I think we're all. I think the cast is great. Like the acting is super solid. Um, I don't think there's anything to like, you know, write home about. Um, yeah, as opposed to like we watched Moonlight last week, we were just like raving about Naomi Harris. Um, but yeah, sorry, I cut you off. Anything else you want to mention on the on the top? Uh, yeah, I I think it's a good movie that is like really high ceiling. Or no no low ceiling high floor, mm. like it it it's not exceptional in really any way, but it's certainly not bad in any way either. Right, right. I guess that's yeah. yeah. No, I totally feel what you're saying. I think yeah, this is a very very solid movie. I think production design is really good. I think you know all the sets look great and just the you know cinematography is totally solid and like acting's fine. I think my choice of the movie is that. It's a little bit too Disneyfied. Granted, Disney no way didn't you just this said Disneyfied. I know. Uh, that is a, that's exactly the word I was gonna use. Granted, Fox Disney-ified Fox made movie. this movie, even though it's on Disney Plus now because Disney bought Fox. But it feels Disneyfied. I know what you. I know yeah. exactly what you mean. Because here's on. the thing, Perkins. We we're on this string of of watching movies about black stories and black creators, and comparing this like some of the Spike Lee movies we watched, it's just it's just night and day, right? This movie wants to touch on things like segregation but just like the tiniest amount and doesn't actually get into anything serious um and i think that's my main issue movie is that the pacing and what they chose to include and not include it just feels very strange to me like just for example you have janelle monet's husband played by uh what's his name? alex alice hodge who i love i love him uh shout out to the show leverage back in the day um and he's like a pretty he has pretty strong feelings about being like an activist. And there's the scene of like when she gets home and they're showing on TV, um, like one of the buses of people that were supporting MLK that like got firebombed and stuff. And he's like super pissed about it. And that just never followed up on. Like it just never comes back around. And the next time they talk, everything's all fine. Um, there's like a couple scenes of like Octavia Spencer and her kids seeing some like like uh, protests and then like some racism at the library. There's just like little pieces of stuff, but it's never followed up on it's just kind of trying to show the setting and trying to like say something but like it's not enough for me like i think this movie wanted to tell this story and show segregation this time but also wanted to be a paul 13 and yeah because that trying to do two things it kind of failed at both of them for me i yeah i think we're like scarily in agreement on this one (laughs) because i had the same takeaway that so basically the movie starts off with introductions and introduces us to the characters in the world. And then for a little while, it just does little vignettes Mm -hmm. where it follows like the different characters on in, as they experience an event in that time. And it's good. Like it's, they're nice scenes, but it's like the, and the scene at the library, like she gets a book that she uses to, 
get on IBM. So it mm-hmm, it mm-hmm. ties in, but it's just like okay, and here's a racist library scene, and it's uh, and then yeah, at, at, towards the like the back back third of the movie, it's just like rocket launch movie. Yeah, and I and here's the thing, like I didn't care. Like, I didn't care about the rocket launch. I, I care about the main characters. I care about Catherine and, like, her role in it. But, like, she checks the numbers and she doesn't, she can't do anything for the rest of the movie. Like, she has to just watch and hope it works. And yeah, just the character can't there. influence the results at all. Let's compare that to Apollo 13, where the main characters are the astronauts and they're actively problem solving and you're with them and you want to succeed. That's very different from this movie, where you want to see our characters be active and they are up to a point. And then it's like, okay, I guess I'm just going to wait and see what happens but i don't really care that much because they can't influence the outcome um yeah um no i agree and if anything like the the lead-up for this movie lessened the stakes for me because mm. i didn't realize how many things the russians did first like it yeah it wasn't even the first orbit he was just the first american to orbit mm-hmm. like i did mm-hmm. a project on john glenn in second grade and, and now i'm looking <laughs> back at my life decisions it, it, yeah it just i i just don't I don't really care at like, mm-hmm. cause we, we know the story, right? It's not like he burns up and dies. Uh, and it's a great accomplishment for the women involved, but it, I I don't know. It's just yeah. like the last half of the film being like essentially just a space travel movie. It's a, like a mission control movie. It's just kind of lame. Yeah, no, I definitely, for this specific subject material, when you're, if you're trying to tell the stories of these three women, I needed more of their lives and less of the Apollo 13 stuff, right? You needed to really focus on them. Because, like, we like I was so surprised. Like, she meets Marshall Lee, and, you know, they fall in love, whatever. And it's pretty quick, you know, within the course of the movie. And then he proposes. And then, like, they're at the church to get married. And we see her in the dress behind, like, backstage. And then we don't actually see him get married. We just see the... Ba- I'm just like, what? Are we not going to show them get married? Like, it's just... It's so strange to me. Like, this movie is, like, two hours, which, like, I'm not sure it needed to be longer, but, like, I think it should have been reworked a bit to focus more on the lives of these women and their role specifically and not also throw in this Apollo 13 stuff, which, like, people love. But in this case, I think it actually was a detriment to the movie. Right. Um, I will say the scenes with uh, Catherine and, and her husband, played by Mahershala Ali, all those scenes are really sweet. Oh yeah, um, no, for sure, for sure. Yeah, they're they're nice to watch, but yeah, I think another another thing that this movie kind of struggles with is the the fact that it has three main characters, right? But then a main main character, mm-hmm. and Catherine's mm-hmm. really the only one who's super involved with the whole third act. Yeah. So the other two characters are introduced and set up, and then it's like. Janelle Monet spends the entire rest of the movie like trying to get into college. Mm-hmm. And, I would have and loved to see does. more of her working with the engineers. We see that like yeah, no. one scene and, of that. I would right. have loved and to she, see more of that. She does her character arc. She does get into college, mm-hmm. um, and does start you know taking these classes. But uh, it's at her whole storyline in the second half of the movie is split mm-hmm. entirely from the rest of the plot. Yep. Um, and. Not as much, but similarly, Octavia or Octavia Spencer, yeah, Octavia Spencer, yeah, yeah. Octavia Spencer's uh, her character, like her second half, is focused on getting involved with the IBM machine, which is only tangentially linked to the actual like plot. Right. So in the in the beginning of the movie, it feels like these three characters are all built up, 
almost evenly. Like, Catherine's clearly the main character, but the other two are given equal build. And then the second half of the movie is, like, 90% Catherine's plotline. And then we just kind of check in on the other two occasionally. It feels weird. Yeah. I will say, I think I enjoyed Octavia Spencer's plotline the most because I really like her scenes with Kirsten Dunst, too. Donato was in this movie, and I thought she was great. Like, that was, like... A secret delight in this movie. I'm like, oh, or a special delight. I'm like, oh, here's a done series. Oh, and she's great. Like, I love these scenes. And it actually resulted in my favorite quote in the movie, which I wrote down. So it's a scene in the bathroom where, you know, her and Octavia Spencer are kind of being nice, but also she's still pissed she hasn't been supervisor yet, like, because she should be paid for the job she's doing. And, you know, she's walking out, and Kirsten Dunst goes, um, you know, like, just so you know, like, I don't have anything against y'all. Like, this isn't me. Like, I'm basically trying to say, like, I'm a good person. You know, I have nothing against black people. And I love what her response is. Octavia Spencer says, I know. I know you probably believe that. And then walks out. Like, that is the closest we got to an actual, like, in my opinion, like, racial commentary that hasn't been done before. Or at least isn't done very often. And we got that one line. And that was the entire movie all we got. Um, So it was a little disappointing. I wanted wanted more, like, kind of Spike Lee-ness in this film. Yeah. No, if we think back to, like, uh, um, Do the Right Thing, right? Mm -hmm. Like... The scene where they kill Radio Rahim, we have to sit with it. We mm-hmm. have to be there. We have to experience this this atrocity. Whereas in this movie, it's like you get a nice little keyhole glimpse at racism, and then it backs mm-hmm. off. Yep. Um. Yeah. And so what what you just talked about uh brought me to one of my biggest problems with this movie. <laughs> um. This is another way why. I, how I I think it's Disneyfied. I want to read the book mm-hmm. because there's a lot of uh, creative liberty taken. Mm. Um, like Kirsten Dunst's character did not exist. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jim Parsons, Sheldon Cooper, his character did not exist. Uh, the uh, Kevin Costner's character is a an aggregation of people. Mm. Like it's. It's obviously a true story, right? But I kind of want to dig a little deeper and find out what the real true story is because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. all the characters they play off of are created for the movie, you know? Sure. And, like, for example, like I talked about, um, John Glenn asked for Catherine to look over the numbers. And that process took three days. It wasn't while he was getting on the rocket, mm-hmm. you know, like it's those little things just kind of piss me off because mm-hmm. they just have it in there for tension. Like, she, oh, she's down to the wire. But no, it took calculations aren't done in a second. Like they mm-hmm. didn't they didn't have, you know, computers to do this shit for him. It took her three days. She she was asked to check the numbers, yep. but she it, she did it three days over three days in advance of the launch. Not like while he's on the runway. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like I. I don't know. I I I almost I do want to read the book because I think it'd be interesting to see. Like, I have to assume the book is a little more um, literal, but mm. yeah, there's clearly some. Uh, I don't know. Like, it it's tough to see a powerful scene like you were talking about between Kirsten Dunst and Octavia Spencer, and then realize that the character Kirsten Dunst plays didn't exist. Like right. interactions like that probably happened. Mm-hmm. But that scene was crafted. It, yeah. it, yeah, it was made up for the screen. Which yeah, and it's hard. It's hard with that stuff because like that's gonna happen every time you try to adapt a true story to a movie, right? They're gonna dramatize some stuff. They got to make it a movie, right? So right. 
it's it's a matter of you know how far do they go and is it does it like invalidate the core story or message and i I didn't really have a problem with it with this um even knowing that stuff i think so sometimes when i watch watch movies i'll go to imdb and i'll just scroll into the reviews and just see kind of what people generally say about it and there's a heading a review for this movie i think is absolutely perfect it says um adequately inspiring like this movie is made to be inspiring and it does that job and I think that's a, it's important this movie exists for, I think, for kids, especially like young um, women and black women uh, to kind of show, tell this true story and like this can be done. Um, but I think the Disneyfication works against it. And um, yeah, like it's, it's it's a fine, like it's a good movie. It's entertaining. I enjoyed myself, but I just wanted, I wanted more out of it. Yeah, I, I'm going to be disrespectful to the movie. Um, <laughs> and I, at, if you remember, I called it good. But yeah, I think this is a very important movie because uh, it's it's rated PG, mm-hmm. and for me, it's like racial commentary in a sippy cup. Yep. So it's soup. It's easy easy enough for you to hand to a child, right? Mm-hmm. And and they can process it. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, we can't. You can't go show a kid do the right thing. Yeah. It it would be like traumatic, shocking yep. to them. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, and that's it. at the end of the day, who's this movie for, right? That's right. another question that probably should be asked, right? But it's hard because, like, like you want to be able to show some of these things to children to get an idea, but also you're you're only telling half the truth, right? And yeah. I thought I've had I had watching this movie and just kind of in general with these types of movies, these kind of disnified um, looks at like just racism is. In this movie, this takes place in the past when, you know, segregation was was rampant, right? And it's very horrible to see, you know, right? And there's very racist characters and, you know, all that kind of stuff. But by the end of the movie, right, everyone's friends. No one's racist anymore. And, you know, some of the segregation is taken down. I feel like because segregation took place in the past and we don't have it anymore, these are the kind of movies that white families go and watch. And they're like, oh, what a great movie. And it kind of reinforces the idea that we don't have racism anymore. We like, did racism it. is yeah. fixed. Like it got fixed back in back then. Look in the movie, it got fixed. Everyone's friends now, and segregation isn't a thing anymore, which must lead me to believe that racism is gone. And I'm not saying that this movie shouldn't be made, but I think that's kind of a double-edged sword of it. Of it kind of when you when you Disneyfy it, you and you dilute the message, you actually tell a different one that is kind of the opposite of what you wanted to do. Yeah, I mean, and like, yeah, like like you're saying, these things persist. I mean, the the woman Catherine Johnson got a building named after her at uh, mm-hmm. was it at NASA? At NASA, think? yeah, on the campus. Um, it got named after her in like 2016, mm-hmm. like when she's like 95 years old. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah, this <laughs> this uh whole ordeal didn't exactly solve racism. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and I'm not trying to say like these. These women should definitely be celebrated and should be studied in history class. One thing we keep saying on this podcast is, right. which we've known about these people when we were actually in school. Um, and it's sad that we need to make movies in order to learn about them. But, um, you know, that being said, I, I do wish that this movie was a little bit more hard hitting on <laughs> uh, racial issues and doesn't make it seem like everything's all, you know, happy and go lucky by the end and everything's fixed. 
But yeah, anything else you wanna you wanna say in this? I mean, we went pretty negative. I mean, <laughs> it's it's a good. I gotta say, it's a good movie. It's entertaining. No, it's yeah. just you know, after after the movies we've watched on this string, it's it just right. feels not. I don't know. It's not not very satisfying. It's also the first movie on this string that wasn't directed by a person of color. Yeah, and it shows. Yeah. <laughs> they get shows. Um, yeah, and I'll just go over recommendations if if you enjoy this movie. I mean, I brought Apollo thirteen a bunch. If you like that part of the movie, go watch Apollo thirteen. You know, I I, I have I watched the movie a while ago and I loved it first the problem solving aspect of it. Um, I think that's and just like the engineering feat of it. I think it's a really satisfying and fun to watch. Uh, but you're not going to obviously get any you know racial racial commentary there. And then the other. I haven't watched it in a while, so help me out, Perk, if you've seen it more recently. But another kind of Disneyfied thing like this is The Help I with Emma seen Stone. It. I remember enjoying it, but that was back before you know we've I've I've learned a lot more about race in this country. So maybe it's a similar issue um, where it is a little bit too watered down. So it's similar to this movie, and if you enjoyed it, you might like that one as well. But I'd be curious to watch that and see how I feel about it, you know, in modern sure. times. So. Um, yeah, for, I, I don't know, like, like feel wise, I, I don't know. I'm going to say like, remember the Titans mm. cause it's like a rah, rah inspiring movie that deals with race, you know, like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but is, is pretty palatable for children. I think, I think I'm thinking you're the right movie. I think so as well. Is that, there are a lot of football movies. Yeah. <laughs> there are so many. <laughs> Um, and yeah, like like you said, like this movie is appropriately inspiring. You're, yeah, remember that in the script. Um, yeah, no, that's that's really really apt. And we should have inspiring movies. Like that's a oh yeah solid job. Not every movie has to be do the right thing. Yeah, but when you have that opportunity, I, it's a little disappointing when you when you don't take it all the way. Especially because this movie got an Oscar nom, which is I'm not saying it. It's a little surprising to me. It's a little surprising. Was like it it's a solid picture? movie. Yeah, so I, I looked. The Oscar noms I got were Best Picture, Best Supporting Actress for Octavia Spencer, and Best Adapted Screenplay. Okay, um, I think Octavia Spencer was uh, good. I don't think she was nominee worthy. Yeah, just because right. her her she doesn't have that much to do. Yeah, like this the scene at the library is like the most inflection, like the most uh, I don't know versatile scene. For her, but I mean, I do like her taking the initiative and seeing like, okay, this machine's coming in to replace us. I'm gonna get a jump on it and make sure all of my people know how to be valuable to this company, so that we, right, you know, don't get fired. I think I, I do like her character a lot, and her arc. I wanted, I wanted oh, more. Absolutely. I wanted more from her and Janelle Monae, uh, especially because she had so few scenes in the second half of this movie. It was yeah. really sad because the engineering of building like the actual capsule is like interesting, but uh, we didn't get to see much of it, so. Yeah, that is that is our review of of Hidden Figures. I know our friend Chris will be very mad at us based on this review, but you love that one. Well, he texted me. You guys haven't seen Hidden Figures? Multiple question marks, which makes me think he liked it a lot. So, oh, okay. Chris, I'm sorry. Chris, it's good. We said good. <laughs> it's remember? good. It's a good movie. It's just not what we were looking for. Yeah. Uh, okay. Bonus reviews this week. We're 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 packing light, Burke. We're packing light this week yeah, of bonus we're... reviews. <laughs> Uh, we're a little off our game. It's, it's been been a a weekend. I didn't get it. I've watched like a few more episodes of Atlanta season two. I'm still liking it, but I don't want to give full thoughts till I finish season two. So sure, you know, 
I, I, there's movies I want to see. I want to go see everything everywhere all at once, but it's not fucking showing. Uh, Northman's next week. Batman's coming on HBO Max. Like, there are things to do coming up, but just right now I'm in kind of a, a weird spot. All right. Uh, Berg, my what turn. Do, yeah, what do you get? I'm taking a page out of the uh, Jacob Thompson book of um, reviewing trailers. <laughs> so basically I saw a trailer that shook me to my core with nostalgia. Oh, um, okay. It's a movie coming out by A24 because who else could it possibly of, of be? Of course. It is Marcel the Shell with Shoes On. Yes, okay. I have watched this trailer. Which is an 11-year-old YouTube video that's just the cutest thing ever. <laughs> and 11 years later, they're making it into a feature-length film for A24. And... I didn't realize, but the voice of Marcel is Jenny Slate, like mm-hmm. the comedian, uh, mm-hmm. also known as, uh, uh, what's her name? John Ralphio's sister from Parks and Rec. Mm. Oh, that's right. You haven't seen Parks and Rec. Yeah, I'm sorry. But I know Jenny Slate, though. Mona Lisa Saperstein. Um, yeah, it's Jenny Slate and her ex-husband, and they're making a full-length movie out of Marcel the Shell, and I'm <laughs> like... The trailer looks great. It looks fantastic. Yeah, it, it looks, looks like really exactly cute. the movie we need. It, well, it, it's funny. It popped up, and now people are like buzzing, like, "Oh yeah, they're making a full like movie on Marcella Shell." I'm like, "What is that again?" Like, I vaguely, vaguely remember it. And I, I, I'll admit, when I saw the thumbnail of the trailer, and it's like Marcella Shell's shoes on, and like Jenny Slate is like the main cast member. I'm like, "Is this gonna be like one of those like adults, like very raunchy no. <laughs> like comedies that's with a cute art style?" And it's like, "No, no, no. This it's is like extremely super wholesome." wholesome. Yeah, yeah, it's super cute. Um, so, yeah, it looks great. Uh, it, when's it coming out? Is it later this year? Do you remember? I think June. Oh, wow, that's soon. Yeah, uh, so I'm I'm looking forward to it. Hell yeah. Go watch the trailer for Marcel the Marcel Shell. Marcel the Shell with shoes, with shoes on, on, baby. Looks very cute. All right, so, yeah, unfortunately, that's all we got this week. <laughs> I'm sorry, yeah, y'all. This is a short episode. Look at that. This is a uh, real short one. We, we roasted Hidden Figures, and we've watched nothing else, so... Uh, mm-hmm. Hopefully next week we have more to talk about with the movie Fruitvale Station. Uh, we are following Octavia Spencer to this film. This is, I believe, Ryan Coogler's first movie, or at least his first kind of main main project. Um, Ryan Coogler being the director of Black Panther, for those who don't know, and Creed. Um, I didn't even know Ryan Coogler directed Fruitvale Station. Oh, yeah. There we go. So yeah, Fruitvale yeah, this Station. This is a movie I haven't seen in a long time, and I'm very much looking forward to rewatching. Yeah, I have not seen it, but I've been wanting to watch it ever since I saw... Um, creed so um yeah it is available on showtime and to rent i'm sorry it's not on a free service uh but we really wanted to get this one in so uh next week it'll be fruitvale station on showtime or to rent but until next time thanks for watching bye bye